The Retirement Remix, Episode 5 with Angie Ward, leadership professor and author in Greenwood, Indiana. You're listening to the Retirement Remix podcast with award-winning financial advisor, host, author, and founder of a thriving financial planning company, Chip Munn. Here you'll get a regular dose of real-life retirement stories and inspiration from incredible, unique people just like you. Each episode features interviews with entrepreneurs, local business owners, CEOs, world travelers, and community leaders. Listen in now to be inspired, find direction, and build your own retirement remix. Welcome back to the Retirement Remix. I'm your host, Chip Munn, and today I'm excited to be joined by my good friend, Angie Ward. Angie is a leadership professor and an author, and uh, I'm really excited to have a conversation with her today about how she and her husband, Dave, are really using their finances as a way to fund their mission. Angie, thanks for joining me. Welcome to the show. It's good to be here. Thanks, Chip. Angie, one of the things that I've always been impressed with you and Dave is really your, I guess, willingness and ability to look down the road and put some real thought into the easiest way to describe it would be to to live very intentionally. For the purposes of our listeners, tell us a little bit about you and Dave, how you got here. I'm not even sure how someone becomes a leadership professor and author. So how did that come about? Well, so how do you become a leadership professor and author is a whole lot of schooling and formal and informal. So (laughs) education and school of hard knocks and that type of thing. But part of being, you know, interested in the field of leadership is this idea, I mean, leadership is influence, and then there's an intentionality piece to what you do with your influence. And so I think it's always been a part of who I am and who Dave and I have been and wanted to be as a couple. And so I think that intentionality has just kind of permeated everything from our marriage. Like when we were in grad school and we met and mentor couples said, we asked if if they had any advice and they said, don't just let your marriage happen to you. And so we took that to heart and we saw the same thing with parenting. We saw people who kind of parenting happened to them. And then also we saw with that with people kind of financially and just purpose in life. And so we resolved early on to, to live with kind of intention and, and on mission. And, and so that's just, it's kind of been a theme throughout our marriage. I mean, early on in our first couple of years of marriage, we, my husband and I came up with a family mission statement before we even had kids. And so it's, like I said, just always been kind of a part of who we are. That's awesome. Now, am I right that at one point you guys had painted the family mission statement? Was it on the wall? Yeah, it still is. Every house we've been in, we put it somewhere prominent so we can be reminded and our kids can see it. And it's been kind of a teaching tool. And so it's our mission as a family is to love, um, laugh and learn together as we live for God. And so that's just been kind of a constant reminder for us about what we're here for and what we're about. And, um, you know, we kind of look at each other most days and did we do those things? Yeah, good. Okay. Sure. It's just an awesome way I'm bad about, or, or maybe it's good about, uh, writing down notes as we're talking. And what you said was, was really important. Don't just let your blank happen to you. You know, right. Don't let parenting happen to you. Don't let, and, and I think part of, of what we're talking about today is not letting life happen yes. to you. you know, one of the notions when it comes to using the R word, when we talk about the idea of retirement is this this idea that it doesn't start living doesn't start living the way I want to doesn't start until some point 
in time. And, and I'm deferring a lot of things until age 60, 65, whatever it is. And you guys are, you're the opposite of that. I mean, your family mission statement, but then also kind of how you guys have lived. Why do you think, Angie, for you, why is that important? Why is it important to live intentionally? I just think you're, otherwise you're wasting opportunities. I, you know, a guiding principle for Dave and me is stewardship of the things we've been entrusted with. And that, of course, includes our material possessions and or finances, but also our relationships, our kids, our influence, our, our gifts and talents, our opportunities we've been given. And so we've just seen people who, you know, they end up not making a difference for anybody in the world or out there in the world or wasting what they've been given, just not using those things. So I think it's a, ultimately, you know, this principle of stewardship or caretaking for the things that we've been entrusted with. Sure. Having seen you guys live that out, it's always been something that part of the reason that I wanted us to have this conversation so that other people could join us is to really just view money differently as we're looking at, uh, again, whether somebody is in their 60s and already in retirement or, you know, the notion that in our yeah, in our 40s or even earlier, I think, frankly, I think if there are any millennials who are with us today, they get it a lot more, I think, sometimes than kind of those, some of these other generations in that living for them doesn't, and, and they catch plenty of flack for it, but living for them doesn't start 10 years from now, it starts now, and, and they really have work more on integration. So you mentioned being a good steward. And one of the things that I've I've been interested in as our relationship has grown is how you apply that to lots of different areas. And so one of the ones that I thought was really interesting, and again, we'll get into what you guys are doing kind of today and, and, and some of what's next. One of the things that I thought was interesting for anybody who's a parent or grandparent who's with us is one of our first conversations uh, around your kids was the idea that that maybe maybe they don't want to go to college. And this was years ago before they're both mm-hmm. in college now. But you guys didn't want to make that a foregone conclusion. You know, you had had some unique opportunities financially and, and wanted to do some planning around those things. But it was important to you if I remember right, that it wasn't predetermined that they were going to do X. You, you had the idea, and I thought it was a great one. I've since used it uh, a good bit, of a launch fund. What, what, when you were thinking through that kind of concept and process for your boys, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so as you know, like any uh, most parents who you know think probably college is the path, or you know, you're just thinking like, okay, We've got kids in high school or teenagers, and they're going to be graduating. And first of all, how are we going to foot the bill? And how much, actually, how much of the bill is our responsibility was the first question. You know, how much do we want to use our resources to help them, but where they have to have some skin in the game as well? So that was one of the questions. And then kind of as we were looking at our kids, and and, um, we, again, we were kind of, we tried to learn from people ahead of us on the journey. And so... So we'd see um, parents who are still like their their adult children are still on the dole at age thirty, and they're still funding them. And we're like, okay, we're not going to be doing that, you know. And how do you make it 
equal, like our older son is in performing arts, which are some of the most expensive colleges, art schools, or some, you know, music and theater and stuff are most expensive with one of the lowest guaranteed regular income. Yeah. So, and then our younger one maybe was thinking about even some entrepreneurial stuff, maybe not college. And we're just going like, how do you kind of handle that equitably? Do we just say, well, you get to go to your dream school that's 65,000 a year and the other one doesn't. And so you just miss out or how do we do that? And so we came up with this idea of a, of a launch fund. And so we put some money aside for each of them. And we said, we're giving you the opportunity to start your adult life educated and debt-free. And here's the amount that it's going to be. We control it until you're 25. And, you know, for the most part, we want to say yes. You should be able to do college and then potentially like maybe even a partial or down payment on a house or an apartment in a city, just kind of getting established type of thing. But then it's up to you within that, like, if you go to some really expensive school, you're, you're footing the rest of it, you know, or that's the limit of it. And so they have to make some decisions about how to use it. And it's like the same thing as if you go to the shopping for groceries with your little kid, um, can I get this? Can I get this? Can I get this? I want this candy bar. I want this toy. And you just say, I'm giving you $5. It's up to you what you want to spend it on. Trying to get them to think again with intention and law. And again, in the future going like, okay, right now, maybe you, you know, I guess they could have said, well, I want to buy a sports car. And it's like, well, okay, but that's all, you know, kind of thing. They haven't asked for that. But but just getting them to, to also start to think with some intention and forethought on that. For sure. Well, and yeah, I'm a big believer that money is a tool. I, that's really all Absolutely. that it is. And, and right. the ability to pass on what I'll say capital V values, values is more right. important than, than our lowercase v uh, right. values and, and right. the values on uh, our account statements or the value of our, our home because Absolutely. that is ultimately something that will stick with them forever long after uh, we, we're here to guide them or when we're not around you know with you know your boys and and mine are in in college and money the truth is it's a it's a motivator and an incentor. One of the conversations I've had a lot with people is then we understand that in the business world. If you want a team member to do X, you, you design an incentive structure to help them do that. If we want to be able to, and, and if we're, we have the means and, and we want to, we can use money as a tool to incent our children to learn the values that are important to us. And I, I think right. you guys have, have done that with your boys. And then, and it's also kind of how, how you guys live your life. So speaking of, you guys are in the midst of kind of making some changes. You've gone through a process. Dave is minister, uh, a mm-hmm. teaching pastor. You're a professor and an author. So you do have some, some flexibility in kind of workspace and, and work time. So you guys are getting ready to kind of go through some life changes. And I thought, it again, just an interesting conversation for people to understand that if you are in a position or become in a position to, to have some financial flexibility, that staying and doing the same thing for your entire life is not a given. It's not a requirement. And so you can kind of do some evaluation and decide what you'd like life to be like, what your mission is, if you will. Some people don't take it quite that literally, but but it, that's what it is. And to 
really do some evaluation and make some decisions uh, around that and then apply your money as a tool to push that forward. Tell us a little bit about the process kind of lately that you guys have gone through and where you stand today and and what you guys are working on. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, we've got our boys are in college. We've got two sons. One's a junior and one's a freshman at Indiana University. So we are actually newly minted, empty or what I call open nesters. And we're excited about that. It helps when you know your boys are doing well, your kids are doing well, and so it gives you some, okay, breathe a, breathe a little exhale there. But about a year and a half ago, Dave and I looked at each other when the boys were both out doing their things, and we said, this is the new normal. It's going to be just the two of us. What do we want that? Like, we're coming to the end of a major season of life and also turning the page on even just age-wise. We're both going to be 50 next year. We're going to be celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. We've put 20 years of kind of active parenting. And the way Dave phrased it, which I love, is he said, we've been working for 20 you know, years on this one painting that we've been really looking at and spending all our time on. And it's turned out pretty good. I mean, there's some things maybe we would have done a little different. There's a few smudges on it. But overall, it's like, that, that's good. But we didn't want to just sit there five years from now and look at that same painting or just kind of tweak it. Like the boys are launched, that painting, we're taking that aside. And now we've got this blank canvas that we're putting on the easel. So we kind of said, really, we, we have freedom and flexibility. And now we have received some um, inheritance through the loss of some parents, which we, of course, much rather have them back. But that some of our values, we've had the same values before we even had kids. We said, wouldn't it be fun someday? Like giving has always been one of our favorite parts of our, right? You know, like just favorite checks we write, you know, every month. This, though, has enabled us. We, we said, okay, now we've got some more resources for the same values. And so I want to just emphasize that, like, our values didn't change, but we took some time when we received that to just think through and talk through. And for us, we pray together and, and several years really and going, what do we want to do in this next season? What do we want to do with this blank canvas? And so that just led us to conversations about like, again, what are our values and our mission? And um, both of us are really have a heart for developing younger leaders and working with uh, younger adults. And so that started to inform kind of what, what are the ways we can do that? And, and that's what I do through my writing and teaching. That's when, what Dave's been able to do some more. And so it's, but it's all been around kind of that blank canvas the last few, you know, last year or so going, okay, because like you said, we, we've never bought into that. You work till you're 65 or now 70 or 75. And then you just, you may retire from a particular position at a particular company, but the idea of just kind of retiring and living for yourself, that's never been one of our values. What we do may change, but we're still kind of on mission or purpose or calling, whatever you want to call it, according to our values and and saying it just may look different. At some point, we may have to cut back on a number of hours or physically, you know, we may not be able to as much, but can we continue to steward what we've been given for the good of the world? It's a good point. I appreciate you bringing that up. Being in my line of work, you do see folks who lose somebody, and I, I lost my dad uh, a while back and have had to, you know, that was one of the last experiences that I had, had not experienced that a client of mine might experience What was the loss of a parent. And, and it is a very different 
it's very much a grieving process regardless of whether there's any sort of inheritance or otherwise. But one of the things that I I think that I want to highlight is exactly what you said. I, I can say with all sincerity that you and Dave, you did move, but you moved in the same neighborhood, like most of the people that that any of us would know who said, you know what, I've had folks before. I've inherited some money, and now I'm going to go buy this big mansion. You guys, it became a, a tool for, if I remember right, we would like to have a different setup. Now we can. You guys just moved like two or three streets over in the same neighborhood. Right. I mean, it wasn't, right. you mentioned it, and I just want to highlight it, that you already knew the direction. And I say this so that, you know, if folks are listening, whether they are the, uh, in, in this story, whether they are the, the parent, right, who, who is looking at how might I influence or, or, or look at the influencing of the next generation, or whether they are that next generation, that having the, the principles set down of what you wanted life to look like and what all this did was accelerate what you were already. And, and Absolutely. Give, Part of the, the financial planning process for us is, is really setting out what life needs to look like. And then if, if at some point you make more money or inherit money or, or whatever, however that happens, it can ins- accelerate the process, but it doesn't change the goal. It doesn't change, in your case, the journey. It just may let you do it bigger or different or in a different location. It doesn't change what it is that we're all, I believe that we all have a some sort of passion that we're following, whether we've ever identified it or not. Right. Uh, again, I just want to highlight that that you guys were from day one. That it, it was never about now we can do all these things that we never even thought of before. It was great. Now we can use this opportunity to be able to accelerate and do kind of more better and different of the things that we already kind of this purpose that we've already kind of set out to do. And, and I think that's a great way to look yeah. at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we looked at our first, when we first started out in marriage, we were in Minnesota. And I remember looking at our letter of offer from of employment and, you know, the salary for us was like, I think 30,000 or 33,000. And we just thought, man, that's a ton of money, you know, <laughs> and very early on, we started setting our patterns and habits of where our resources would go again, based on that principle of stewardship. And, you know, one of those was always hospitality. Another one was generosity. And so, like you said, it just kind of accelerated. So, you know, we did move to a different house. It was a little bigger, but more, we were able to have more, some extra hospitality space. And so I was just writing our kind of annual Christmas letter and we've had the number of people we had again through our house this year, you know, from, around the world and um, and the people we've been able to host and, and show hospitality to them. So that's another one of our values. And like you said, we just, you know, I, I work with, you know, used to work with high school students. They, I, I'll do that. Or, you know, you're just starting. I'll do that once I have more money or once I have more time, you know, I, I don't have time to exercise or to eat right or to do this with my money. It's like you either do it, set it now when you don't have it because it doesn't get easier. In fact, it gets more the temptation is greater or you just don't even know what to do, you know, once you get that, you well, know. You've already built habits, uh, right. whether it's around your time or your money. Right. And, and I think, again, I think that a lot of times what I see is a, a lot of this stuff is mindset. It's just a, you know, you don't typically go 
to a financial advisor to talk about your mindset. But really, one of the, the things that I feel like over the years that I've been able to help folks who are, are willing to kind of go there is to open their mind to the possibilities and then let us figure out how to make the money, make it work. But if, if we tend to, you know, a lot of folks I know, if I ask them why they want to retire at 65, it's because that's when their parents retired or that's when most of the people in their community or church or whatever, that's when they retire. So it's just kind of what you do. And I, I think that really the purpose of this podcast is to get beyond that, to say, doesn't really matter what other, and, and the truth is most people don't actually do it that way. You just think they do. And it, it's just kind of that, that norm. Whereas these days with technology, with the flexibility that, that we have, I think that it was supposed to be by 2020, the workforce was supposed to be roughly 50%, I think, 40 or 50% virtual because now we can do all kinds of things. You and I both have done books. There was a time when, I mean, again, I won't speak for you because you're certainly above average, but average people like me, you don't just write a book. It's not the same. There was a whole different... The capabilities that we have now are so much different. And I think that applying that old school notion of what life had to be like from years and years ago, it's just not applicable anymore. Now, you guys are getting ready to, you mentioned your Christmas letter, which is one of my favorite things to get every year because you do such a good job of kind of keeping up with everything. There's a next step for you and, and Dave in in living on mission. What, what's that look like for you, Angie? Yeah, so as we've been thinking about this blank uh, canvas kind of thing, did some uh, kind of some coaching um, that we went through to kind of help clarify, again, kind of what do we want this season, next season to look like? And the theme that's, and, and by doing that, we kind of actually looked at the themes throughout our life. And one of them has been this kind of idea of hospitality, um, like kind of, in some ways, a radical hospitality to even, you know, it's easy to be hospitable to your friends and stuff. But so just just how powerful safe spaces are in our community, our society today, and people having a space to get away, and particularly in urban areas. And so um, we've kind of have a, a vision or dream for us has emerged of, again, rooted in, um, there's kind of a theme of, of our, our own home being a space for not just, you know, entertaining dinner parties type thing, but but um, even a base for like having um, a symposium or lectureships and also people coming from around the world who, you know, leaders who need some space to do some coaching and, you know, or focus just to get away, that type of thing. And so we're in the process of uh, um, expanding our square footage <laughs> in an urban area that will allow us to, uh, in a, you know, area where there's a lot of young leaders to be able to continue to, I think it's really kind of an expansion of our values more than a change. Again, it's like we've recognized these, these themes and something that will give us flexibility that can flex and scale, whether we're 50 or 70 and continue to give us the opportunity to do that. So I, um, some of that's still in process, but um, uh, we've, we've uh, purchased uh, what is now a vacation home that will hopefully be a place of retreat for others as well. Just, again, for the benefit of, of our listeners, and you guys are 
I mean, it's halfway across the country. I mean, you, you didn't yeah. limit yourself. Right. You know, I won't go all prayer of Jabez, but I mean, you didn't limit yourself to this time to your neighborhood. You, you really said, if we're going to do this, again, you put uh, together an entire document of, of kind of the requirements and very thorough, but it was a very, just an open thing. Uh, we, we've had guests and clients who have started new businesses, who have bought an RV or, or sailed around the Great Barrier Reef. And it's just a different way. This is just another example of a different way to say, hey, I, I've got this one life. I've got yep. the, these resources. And again, I, I think that the key word is, is stewardship. And it's stewardship for, you know, our higher power and our purpose, but also is stewardship of the one I mean, we only get to do it once, and it's our of using our resources to to live out. Again, for some folks, one of your values is hospitality and stewardship. One of theirs is relaxation and just chilling. And if so, that's completely it's completely fine. But it's the same mindset of I'm going to take a look at my time and my life. I'm going to take a look at my resources and make a plan to to have one line up with the other. It's a very intentional way of doing things. And, and you, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned relaxation. I want to, like, one of the pieces for us is that growing up, my family didn't take vacation. We, we camped some, and those were memorable. But, you know, we talked, uh, Dave and I talked about, instead of a lot of stuff, we really like creating memorable experiences as a family, you know, cause, and so another piece we're doing is setting aside some that's going to be help fund some memorable family vacations and that type of thing too, you know, and so that again is in keeping with our, our values of that's the stuff that they're going to remember. And I think it was a pro athlete one time. He does a travel company. I think it's Larry Fitzgerald he used to be with the Cardinals and he, and I, I don't know I got to find the exact quote, but he talks about like, travel's the only thing that continues to give back to you. You know, it's like money eventually will dwindle down, but like travel and those kind of experiences enrich you, you know? And so that's another one of the things, values that we've tried to build in. And by having a place in kind of a vacation, what was for some people a vacation destination, that gives them, we're, we're able to give other people that memory, you know? And, and in some ways we're honoring our, parents legacy because I remember with Dave's dad we were skiing one time in Colorado and it was we were on the lift and he said look at how beautiful this is can you imagine somebody not having the opportunity to see this and so and so it brings us joy to be able to bring others joy no doubt and I think that you know I've always said it kind of a different way if you look at the pictures from an experience, because oftentimes that's how we, you know, at least for me, I, I remember that they are my prompt for memories. You, you can look at the kids on the beach or the family on the beach. You don't remember the fact that they tore a flip-flop on the way and they didn't have a bucket, so they cried all the time and they left their favorite blanket or, or and, and so they couldn't sleep. Over time, stuff rusts, right? It, it gets right. older and it's more maintenance memories of experiences because I, I definitely fall in the same camp and I would have to say I'm likely the only uh, maybe not the only I'm one of a, a few financial folks who doesn't believe that you have to invest every dime you have you, you really have to use it for things that are going to bring you joy because ultimately in the long run that they, they really are it's important to be prudent 
and to balance. It's not a save every dime you make because over time, whereas the things become more maintenance, more work, and, and break down, to Larry Fitzgerald's point, the memories only get better. I mean, all the bad right. stuff, the further away you get, you only remember the good moments. And so I, I think that that's, and I had not thought about your place as giving other people the opportunity to be able to do some of those things, but it's definitely true. It's it's not an easy thing, though, for, for some folks, Angie, to, to make that leap. It, it's You guys are very open-minded, cutting edge and isn't necessarily the right term. But when you think about, as you look back on your process of moving through kind of some of these steps, what have you found to be the biggest kind of of obstacles? If somebody was trying to say, you know what, I, I like what Angie says, and I, I'd like to, to consider more of that. What, what have been kind of the obstacles or impediments to you guys in in exploring these things? That's a good question. First, I mean, the tighter you want to hold on to stuff, whether it's your location. Our kids are in Indiana right now, and so we're looking at some stuff that's not in Indiana, um, but holding kind of loosely. And so stewardship is like, it, we just hold it for a time kind of thing. So I think the initial loosening of the grip is the hardest. Once you get used to being kind of relaxed, you know, uh, with your grip, the, the more things flow through it, I think, and the more exciting. For us, it's been... Some of it has been like we have so uh, discerning what's the best opportunities of because you start getting to a point where it's not between good options and bad options. It's between really two really great options, not even good option or better option, you know. And so in some ways been what, what a friend of ours called a success problem, you know, of just like we have some cool opportunities here. And so I wouldn't call it an this an obstacle, but there's just been a huge learning curve as to like what is educating ourselves as to what is out there and then kind of continuing to come back to our kind of grounding values of just what those are and, and stuff. So, but, you know, for, for some people it's, you know, it's what can we do with our grandkids or our kids or, or what can I do so that I at 60 or at 50, I'm free and my parents weren't because they had to work till 70, you know, kind of thing. And, so I think part of it is too, just having those conversations openly and honestly and, and taking the time to just kind of think and because you can so easily just get in the grind um, or get on the treadmill or the rat race, whatever, choose your metaphor, you know, and, and our cliche. And so again, just kind of stepping back and taking a big picture perspective to it. Um, and so that can be overwhelming sometimes or people don't know how to, you know, don't know how to do that. And I don't know that we have any special insights or anything. We've just constantly, let's have these conversations. Well, and I think too, if somebody's listening and they have a hard time with, because you're right, I, I see it a lot, uh, particularly in doing work with couples where it's it's just difficult. Sometimes It's not as as difficult to have the conversation as it is to start the conversation. And I think that that is, you know, so two of the things that you said that really struck me, that one of the biggest problems that people could have or or struggles is just having the conversations openly and honestly. And so I think, uh, at least my advice would be, if that's something that makes you uncomfortable, whether it's a financial advisor or a friend or a life coach or a pastor, find somebody to have it with that you trust. Just have some, to, to just open the dialogue and just bounce ideas off of it. It can almost be just a 
uh, one of the things that we do sometimes in our client work is just a brain dump. Not everybody has a family mission statement, but if, uh, if a person or a couple, if, uh, if they're in a, a relationship, if you just do a brain dump of all the things, you can start to see, my experience has been, you can start to see patterns uh, of things that are important and, and of things that, that kind of form those things. But I think the other thing that you said that really struck me was, and I think that this is, it goes hand in hand, is it's the original loosening of the grip that's the hardest. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the... Mm-hmm. Um, you know whether that's the grip on your finances or your time or the the concepts and the mindsets of what I call the old school retirement. It's the initial the the willingness to be open minded. I think it is. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. So, Angie, for for you, I mean, what's it been like so far? What's the experience been like? How does it make you feel? Uh, when you think about kind of the the progress that you and Dave have made or, or your family overall, what's it, it feel like so far? What's it been like for you? It's just incredibly energizing for us. One is how it brings Dave and, uh, and me together because we're having these conversations. We're having conversations now with our kids. They're old enough that we can invite them into those conversations and they're, you know, kind of seeing our values and helping us make decisions for that. You know, we see some families that are going like they're very clingy back to that painting idea. You know, they, they, especially, you know, we're a lot of our friends are becoming empty nesters as well. And they're very much fearful or, or, I mean, there's a sadness and a bittersweet, but there's a lament or what am I going to do kind of thing. And kind of trying to, again, holding on tightly to something that probably they didn't have as much control over as they thought with their kids or their, you know, that kind of thing. And, and so for us, it's just, it's been a very fun series of conversations over the past year, you know, two, three, four saying, man, we got, when you look at it as a blank canvas, I don't know, for us, that's just very exciting. We could do whatever. And for us, that's not a fearful thing. It was like, Oh, we, and, and we can redo some things maybe, you know, even we can, for us, there's some refreshing Absolutely. about a fresh start. Well, I think that you know, using your painting analogy, you know, the folks that I know who are artists, one of the things that I heard one of them say once was, it's not finished until it ships. Instead of, yeah. to use your, your story, in, instead of being able to celebrate the phase, the picture, it's done, this has been great. You can't go back and undo it. By holding on yeah. to it, we keep really wanting to go back and maybe add a little color. And, and instead of moving on to the blank canvas and painting the next picture, we spend all of our time really not moving the needle on making the old. You can only make the old so much better. And, and so I, I think that that's, a, uh, again, a great way of looking at it. And I think that from my perspective, it is so true. And the way you articulated it in your experience is that by doing things in this way and working towards intentionality, two of the things that you guys have got is that it's actually energizing. You know, uh, I talk about uh, the concept of retiring from versus retiring to. You know, you don't want to retire from something. You want to retire to whatever is next. And that it, in the process that you guys have gone through so far, that it brings the family together. And, and going back to that capital V values, being able to pass those on 
you know, I, I think it's a great thing to point out that, that it has had that effect uh, on on your family. And again, a lot of these things that we're talking about today aren't necessarily money is the vehicle for funding some of them, but n- none of these things are about money. They're about what's important uh, in your in your life. So, yep. Angie, for for you, when you look at this next phase, what what is it? What do you look forward to most? Wow, that's a good question. I I think I just I mean I look forward to expansion of of you know just being able to do more of the same that we've already decided is important to us. I mean, we're excited to see. Our kids, you know, how they're going to continue to thrive and flourish. So there's that whole parenting piece that's fulfilling. But as we started to get to about, you know, where we are here almost to 50, we, we feel like our next decade is one of giving back. And so we're looking forward to being very open-handed and sharing. We feel like now we've got a lot of life lived and, and a lot to uh, hopefully to, to give. And so it's our chance to start giving uh, giving back. And so that's, uh, like I said, from the very our earliest days, writing those, you know, the checks or giving stuff has always brought us great, great joy. And so now we just continue to be able to do more of it, I guess. That's exciting. I- I'm looking forward to, uh, to watching it. Um, one of the, before we wrap up, uh, and this has been just, I think, an enlightening discussion, not only for me, uh, but, but I know that folks will get a lot out of it. But final thought, when, when you look back and, and you're your way of looking at it as a painting makes it very easy to ask the question. When you look back at the painting so far. Uh, our marriage and our boys, which have nothing to do with money, do they? It, like, we're proudest of our relationships, I think, you know. I told you before we started the call, I was just in Minnesota staying with a friend who was going, underwent some surgery for cancer, and she'll be okay. But she and I were talking. I mean, we're most proud of, I think, what we've invested in relationships. And so, like, I've got a best friend up in Minnesota that you can't trade that, you know, and, and that you can't buy that, you can't trade that, you can't accelerate that. And so our marriage, when in a, in a culture that's just that we've continued to do the hard work and of parenting and to, to see the fruits of some of those relationships has been, is very rich. We're, we're, we're completely rich. Well, and... And any money that you have, whether it's fifty dollars or fifty thousand, only adds to those things as long as you keep those in the right place. It, all it does is stand to to enhance those things and the ability to to have and and to multiply more of those. That's awesome. Well, Angie, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to just to share your story. I, I think it's uh, inspiring yeah, for a absolutely. lot of people. Yeah, so thank you for taking time to do it. Thanks that. for having me. It's great to chat. One last question. Uh, if by chance folks wanted to either follow up or I know that you've got a, uh, a book, uh, not sure at the time of, of the release whether or not it'll be out. If people want to see or know or learn more uh, about Angie Woolward, uh, what's a good way for them to either find or keep up with you? Uh, best way is just go to my website, which now is uh, angieward.net. And so that has a contact. I mean, you can contact me through that. You can link to social media about anything that I'm writing and whatever. That's just the best way. That's my central, my HQ for, for connect is the hub for connecting with me and about anything, you know, whether it's leadership stuff or this conversation today, whatever. And I'd love, and I'd love to do that. So if you're listening today and, uh, and you're, you're thinking about some of the things that we've talked about and you, whether it's trying to 
make that original loosening, loosening uh, of the grip, or if you want to have somebody to, to bounce ideas or start the conversation with, Angie's told you how you can get in touch with her. You can uh, email me, chip at signaturewealth.com, just to start the conversation. I, I think a big part of it is, again, ju- just really the willingness to kind of go there and, and to be willing to be open to what some of the opportunities are. So I encourage you to reach out to Angie if you'd like. You can certainly reach out to me and we'll be back here in a couple of weeks with our next episode and I will look forward to to being back at you again real soon. We've created a quick guide to help you get started. Go to theretirementremix.com to download the six steps to finding your remix or go to signaturewealth.com to learn more about how our financial planners can help you. Subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts or listen at theretirementremix.com.